You know what's interesting is I remember in college hearing all these motivational speakers and going to career days and thinking I could never have a job that's nine to five. Like that just felt like so long. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to sit there. And as you guys know, now that I'm doing what I love, I mean, you always work at least 12 hour days, at least. And you love it. And, you know, you you never stop working. and, And I think that's something to be said about when you find a career that you can't get enough of. Welcome to the catch-up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Arith, editor-in-chief, and Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously, of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms, It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy. There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch up. I'm excited for this week. We have a very, very special guest, our friend, Brandy Malloy. Hey, guys. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. Brandy, for those of you who do not know, which you should. You should You know. should totally know you should be Brandy Malloy. You should I mean, you should at least Google our wing eating video. Yes. Oh, we're going to get to that. But for those of you who don't know, Brandy is a regular on NBC's Today Show. She's a recurring judge on Guy's Grocery Game. She spent six years, in my opinion, as the face of Pop Sugar's food shows, which is where both Jeff and I met you, Brandy. Mm-hmm. And now she's the host of the brand new Let's Eat show on Food Network. She's also a badass mom. Sorry, I cussed in front of Millie. (laughs) That's okay. Who's here with us? So, Millie, welcome to the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Say hey, boo. Can you say hi? And for those that don't know, and Eli mentioned it in a sec, a a bit, but Millie is your daughter. (laughs) And she's on the podcast with us. I know you you kind (laughs) of glossed over that fact real quick. And Brandy's a mom and Millie's here. Uh, Millie's her daughter. Millie's her daughter. And she's on the pod. She has a mic. She's she's got headphones on. It's crazy. She's chilling. She's just eating this uh, zucchini carrot muffin that I brought. I just brought all this food to keep her preoccupied because she's such a little eater. She's super eating. She's eating the, the little muffin inside out. So it's like starting in the middle and working her way out. Did you see that food video? She knows it's the best part. (laughs) (laughs) She knows how to eat it. You know how to eat a cupcake like a lady? Mm. She's eating it through her nose, which is great. There we go. She nodded her head. It's the first baby on the podcast. First baby on our podcast, for sure. It's For the record, for sure, first baby on our podcast. Eli, we've been talking about when's the last time you heard a baby on a podcast in general? I think more babies need to be on podcasts. I know. Why? There needs to be more of a platform. For babies. They have a perspective, too. They do. Brandy, I know when we emailed you to be on the show, the first gut reaction is, I should find someone to watch Millie. Yeah, I need childcare. I I like this situation. I love it. Okay, so this last time I saw you, Brandy, we were uh, on a Red Lobster shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Food Beast and Brandy. Uh, We were just doing like some live stream eating together. That was fun. And, but you brought Millie. She was, I don't know, she was like, couldn't have been more than a couple months old yeah she was itty bitty i think like four months old or something how do you i mean you were so cognizant of both millie like taking care of her and then also like really good at live stream eating and hosting like you were doing your job and taking care of your kids so 
interchangeably. I think also when they're itty bitty, they sleep so much that you just got to take advantage of it. And that's why we traveled since day one, because the little they are and the less mobile they are, the easier. So Mm -hmm. she's actually been on 20 flights and she just turned one. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. But now that she can roam, it's a little bit. Now we got to strap her down. Yeah. And yeah. Do That's why that. I give her food and toys and you're constantly just entertaining them. But she's pretty chill. She's a laid back babe. I might also be asking dumb baby questions throughout this whole pod. So just uh, I feel like we have That's to. Okay. We have to. I feel I don't like know. we have to. I mean, especially I have what I'm excited about is I have access to Millie's toys. <laughs> And when Eli's droning on and on about something that I just don't care about, I'm just going to go straight into this to- this toy bag. Just already in the toy bag. We just started, dude. All right. So, Brandy, we can go. I mean, you've, you've done so much in your career, but I want to go back to your childhood real quick. Oh. Tell me. Yeah, this is real quick. What, I feel like where I should be born? laying on a couch. Where were you born? Yeah, let's, let's get to the bottom of you. <laughs> well, I'm a military brat. So my dad served in the Army about 40 years. He was a helicopter pilot, served two terms in Vietnam. I mean, I'm, I'm a big military supporter, obviously. Um, and so I think moving around every couple years really introduced me to my love for food and culture and travel and people. Um, I call Arizona home because that's where I went to college. Go Cats. I bleed red and blue. Uh, U of A, obviously. And um, yeah, I grew up, I'm the oldest of three. So I have a a sister who's 17 months younger than me and then a brother who's about 10 years younger than me. Wow. When was potentially being a host or personality or acting or coming to Los Angeles, when was that? (laughs) When did that become a thing? I mean, because you studied journalism mm-hmm. at Arizona, right? Was that kind of the plan from early on was I'm going to be on camera and I'm going to do everything I can to get on camera? Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a journalist. I looked up to people like Lisa Ling, Diane Sawyer, Oprah Winfrey. I always wanted to be the messenger between the audience and the story. And I think, again, being a military broad, I thought it was so cool that I got to travel all over the world, lived in Germany, and and got to kind of bring those experiences to friends and tell them about it and love meeting people. You know, when you move every two years, you have to be able to make friends easily. So I knew in my heart, I always wanted to be a journalist. I worked at my high school paper. I was the editor in chief of my college paper. I interned at a local news station. Yeah, it's always been a part of me, but I never really thought I'd be on camera as much as I have been because I thought it would be so cool to be a producer and be on the front lines and be the writing and and you know, if I happened to be on camera that'd be awesome too. When did that when did that turn toward food? Or I don't know if that was taking that's, your question. No, that's a good question. When did that and was that was that pop sugar specific or were you doing things that pushed you in that direction because mm-hmm. uh, I'd imagine the majority of our audience knows you from or our old yeah. school audience knows you from the collabs that we did yes but then fun. distinctly know you from pop sugar as a food personality mm-hmm. so your when what you sorry your body of work today is generally around food yeah you know it goes back to like when you would choose your beat You know, (laughs) and like, what did you want to cover? I've always loved food. I mean, I think I have the best job in the world, as do you guys, where you get to eat eat food, talk about food, make food. So I've always loved recreating. Yeah, (laughs) Millie's throwing throwing strawberries (laughs) at the guys right now. 
Um, I've always loved going to restaurants and kind of recreating recipes. And when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was actually a grant writer for the Boys and Girls Clubs um, to kind of make ends meet. And I always, uh, you know, even though I majored in journalism and I did this really cool project for Oprah Winfrey called Oprah's Big Give, where I traveled the United States, surprising people with money, paying off their mortgages, answering dying wishes. Even though I had this experience, um, I knew that I needed to kind of keep my days free to audition and pursue being on camera. But, But the food angle of that, I mean, it was just so... It's like back then I never thought that I could actually have a job where I'm talking about food and creating, you know, covering two things that I absolutely love. Um, but just to make a, a long story short, while I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, I decided to start an online catering company because friends kept asking me to make desserts and do parties and candy tables and back when it was really popular to make little desserts like little cake pops and pop tarts so that's kind of where the food expertise came in i mean i'm an at-home cook i do not have a culinary degree um, but i've always loved food and then yes you're right pop sugar was really the first time that i got to really hone in on my passion for food so you moved uh you were in arizona and after that you decided i'm gonna go to la i'm gonna drop everything and just figure it out or i lived all over and then yeah after i graduated college i moved to chicago because i thought that if i moved to chicago i could work for oprah and it kind of <laughs> doesn't work that way millie is <laughs> grabbing <laughs> stuff what are we reading right now? <laughs> Let's get you up to the yeah. mic, do some ASMR. What is that? What is that, baby girl? <laughs> She's like, why aren't you reading this book to me? Um, yeah, so it was one of those things where when I went to Chicago and got to do Oprah's Big Give, it gave me a taste of being in front of the camera, and then I had the courage to move to L.A. But I'm such a small town girl at heart, I never would have moved to Los Angeles without my friend Cameron Johnson, who I met on the Oprah show, uh-huh. who kind of gave me the, I don't know, pep confidence. Talk? Yeah, pep talk, confidence. Um, he wanted to live at this fancy place and he said he'd pay like three-fourths of the rent so we could live there. So all of those things matter because I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I felt about a big city. Um, it, it definitely took me three years to appreciate Los Angeles and a good five years to love it. It, it took oh, a while. Wow. Yeah, I was so scared. And when you moved, I mean, you didn't have a job lined up or what happened? No, no, so I didn't have a job. Jo- I had been working two jobs since I was like 16. I paid for college on my own through academic scholarships, working jobs. Um, I worked at like a student housing place where I got free rent. I mean, I worked so hard. So I had been saving, and I'm such like a frugal Dave Ramsey kind of girl. <laughs> so I had been saving money forever. I have great credit, by the way. <laughs> so um, yeah, all of those things kind of created this opportunity for me to actually really pursue my dreams. I think what's striking to me about part of that conversation just now is, I mean, Brandy, you are so confident on screen. Oh, thank so, you. To hear that level of should I go, what's going to happen from someone that's obviously hardworking, talented and has made a name for herself. That's we've all been there. You Mm -hmm. know, I think we can all relate to a moment where the moment is bigger than ourselves, you know. You know, it's interesting you say that because I can never tell my story without my backstory. And I mean that in a literal sense. I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was 12 and wore a back brace for almost four years. 
And that, and for 23 hours of the day, I mean, I could only take it off when I played sports or when I was showering. Um, and to wear this brace thinking that it was correcting this curve in my back and then to ultimately be told the same month that I had an opportunity to play college soccer that I would have to have my first of three surgeries was really a big deal. And, and obviously, I, you know, I experienced bullying um, to an extreme. You know, I, I was actually kicked out of my school. I got... Um, in-house suspension. Wait, wait, what? Suspend for getting into fights. I mean, but I wasn't. I wasn't fighting back. You were defending well, yourself. I was defending myself. Yeah, you were defending yes. yourself. So I experienced all of that. I mean, it sucks because I've always been an athlete, and I got a D in PE because I stopped taking my back brace off because girls would hide it oh, and oh stuff. So when you say like all this confidence, it definitely. I always, you know, I definitely wasn't always confident in myself, and. Um, I think it also kind of shaped who I am today. Yes, Millie found an old coffee cup in the trash can, but that's okay. She found a good one. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in it. She's building her immune system. So walk me through the open door at Pop Sugar. And yeah. where were you before that opportunity? When did that come while you were in L.A.? And what was kind of communicated to you beforehand about what your position was and mm -hmm. what your future was with Pop Sugar? Because we've all seen, I think, what the what happened mm -hmm. as being, and in Eli's and I opinion, a leading face of. And obviously, we're food biased, but we just thought you were the face of Pop Sugar mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. from our perspective. And for I think everyone knows what Pop Sugar is, but. Do you want to explain Pop yeah. Sugar for some like someone who might not know it all? Sure. PopSugar.com Pop is a leading lifestyle site for women. They cover everything from celebrity news to home, beauty, decor, uh, everything. I, we used to always say that Food Beast was the male version, even though we, you guys cover a lot of food. Um, so I was the host of Pop Sugar Foods, Eat the Trend and Get the Dish. And Eat the Trend was definitely uh, the marquee series where I recreated food trends, all those viral foods that you see online. I would recreate them with accessible ingredients, approachable recipes, and had a plethora of amazing guests on, including both of you. It's <laughs> a big show. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's high million subscribers on YouTube. You guys were, I think, pitching shows around Yeah, we, we were able to take Eat the Trend to television, and we did a show called Eat This Now on Food Network and Cooking Channel. And uh, basically a show where I got to go to different chefs and learn how to make some of their amazing dishes. And it was always around a trending ingredient. So it was, it was great. I mean, six years, it was really such an amazing opportunity. And so much of who I am is definitely because of what I learned as a producer and a host at Pop Sugar. So how do you get a job at a place like Pop Sugar? And doing what you do. Because yeah. I think that's my biggest question of... Did you know you were going to be an on-camera personality from the get-go? Was that like the role? Because we also know how skilled you are from the producer level. From, mm -hmm. I mean, you talked about your writing background, your journalism background. Did you morph into that on-camera personality because you're just so personable and you're great on camera? Or was that something like from day one you knew you were being... In the studio. And, and I think mm -hmm. for background, when Eli and I walked into Pop Sugar Studios, what was that, four or five Gosh, years ago? Yeah. Uh, we had never seen a digital studio like Pop Sugar. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, probably a 10 person or under organization at Food Beast. 
we still don't i mean we we don't have the same type of studio that pop sugar had back then mm -hmm. and so when we walked in to do these collab videos we weren't used to the multiple person uh styling team right we weren't used to the dedicated producer <laughs> not for a website like not for we a website a, yeah, we like, just we we really weren't used to that we were used to slaying in our dslrs and yeah putting out content gun. and and running gun exactly and so i'm curious about how much you knew going in because uh yeah i'm just curious that, that's a good question because i always have people ask me you know they're looking for a job on camera and that's really the the wrong way to approach anything Today, you really have to be a subject matter expert. You have to be a producer. You have to be a storyteller. And I always tell people I'm a journalist first, host second, because that's just the perk, the perk that I get to be on camera and get to meet these people and tell stories. Um, I initially got the job at Pop Sugar to work in lifestyle as a producer and with the potential to be on camera. But everything that myself and my old producer, Nicola Zuka, built, we created out of nothing. And there's so many awesome stories like that, um, you know, where jobs weren't created and you just kept hustling and you saw a vision for something. We knew that it was time for food video to have a presence on that site. And the fact that I had my food background as a owning a catering company and, and loving desserts and so forth, um, all played a part in being able to create that amazing show. But for so long, it was just myself and Nicole. And so I was making these beauties of my food in my 400 square foot apartment. I was doing my food prep. I was writing the graphics, writing the scripts, booking talent, paper cutting my segments. And I think it's important that people know that all that hard work pays off. And that and it that wasn't you were just doing it because totally. I don't think people understand. Yeah. I mean, because even for us that knew you interacted with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, over time, we knew what you were doing behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but that's not what anyone sees. Yeah. All, they're, all they're seeing you is hold up this beautiful donut dish that you just created and promos for your new episode, mm -hmm. right? They're not seeing the the trench work, the trench right. warfare that you're putting in to give you off the opportunity to be on camera. And I think that's what, I don't know, people just don't see. I mean, even with Pop Sugar, when, again, when Jeff and I first walked in to do the collab, we had never walked into another website's studio. Like at the time, the only yeah. people that had studios are these major networks. Like TV networks, TV broadcast. Networks yeah. And like, there's no reason to do it because we've built a culture on online video that you could, again, just shoot it with your DSLR, mm -hmm. keep it running gun, the idea first, execution second. And so seeing you guys take that care. But I think it's also fair to note that as big a company as Pop Sugar was, it did still feel scrappy. It still felt yeah. in, in the best, most in the best way I can commend. It felt scrappy. Have you ever had a woman breastfeed during a podcast? <laughs> Do <laughs> you? Yo, no, no, yo, no. Pod, yo, podcast first. Podcast, <laughs> podcast first. This no, we never needed happen. a little booby break, so it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> We need to get if out. we don't use this for promo of the episode, <laughs> I don't know what else we would use. <laughs> well, There's, she was trying to eat the wall because they had this amazing <laughs> rock wall. And she's like peeling pieces of rock off. I'm like, oh. I guarantee I'm going to look back at this moment in time and this conversation as just the um, rememberable moment. <laughs> I can already tell that it's happening like when I'm speaking to my grandkids about 
doing new media and what that meant. I was like, well, we had we had a great guest breastfeed on our podcast and it went it went you know, awesome. You know what's dope about little kids? Let's go off a little bit. We don't appreciate our office. Millie is, 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 is running around, right? She notices that half our wall is not just bricks. It's actually textured uh, rock and just touching it and playing Exploring it. Exploring everything. Apart. Like, what the? I, I just think it's a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wall. She anyway. found an opportunity to snack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we were talking about the pop sugar setup, I think it was one of the first of its kind, at least for me, seeing mm-hmm. that level of production, that care given to food video online. Because we were creating food video, but we were shooting it, again, on DSLRs, scrapping, my kitchen at home, wherever. Mm-hmm. And we walk in, and it's a beautiful set. At that point, I think you guys had gotten in the groove. You did mm-hmm. have a food stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Nicole made us feel... Like we were actual talent and That's yes, awesome. right? Like I felt, I felt, yeah, we felt, we, we felt like talent, and I think, and and also contrasted, we also felt like we weren't. At least I did. I know when I was next to Brandy, I was like, oh, I, I don't really do stuff like this. You didn't know what to do. So with your hands, I'm, your hands I'm like, dude. I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable, <laughs> mainly because there's a talented person next to me that, that in my head when I met you, was like she does this every day, which you did for the most part. But I'm walking in, and again, when we do content, we're not we're not on a set, mm-hmm. or at least we weren't then. And and there was this five years ago. I think you would call it TV quality, and now I think digital has has made oh, its absolutely. steps up. But we were just so surprised because we were in the same way scrappy, but such a smaller organization that when we walked into seeing a beautiful kitchen studio. When we barely have the space for our own kitchen at that time. But straight up, I part of me was like, is this all necessary? Mm-hmm. Like, we're creating YouTube videos. And when I walked in, I was like, oh, it's a food stylist. I didn't think about this. Like, they have scripts. There's a teleprompter. I'm like, we're creating YouTube videos. And at the time, I'll be honest with you, I was like, okay, we're creating a really cool recipe. That's what's making me feel comfortable. That content is still first here but i was like this i was sick of tv at that point Mm -hmm. i was sick of what i was seeing on tv and i was like we're recreating what tv looks like but for internet and at the time i was like i don't know how i feel a year later you guys stuck to your guns Mm -hmm. content was first your personality came through and that channel the pop sugar food channel became like a key platform for the entire pop sugar video network mm-hmm. in my opinion and a million subscribers later you guys stuck to your guns and i think that was an important bridge for food on digital is that you can treat it with that level of respect like just because well, it's on that, youtube doesn't mean it has mm-hmm. to look this type of way there's a whole genre there's a whole variety of things of how food could look like you guys chose to make it look like this and that was really awesome to just stick to your guns on that. Well, and you were doing so in the time that BuzzFeed and Tasty and Tastemade were taking personality out. Yeah, right. yeah. So I, I think that's what was top-down crazy videos, to yeah. me was like all you're seeing are hands-on videos and here's Pop Sugar going, no, we're going to push our personalities further. And I think, again, we didn't have that. Well, we didn't do a ton of personality stuff in that way, 
But that's where we were like, Brandy, respect, because everyone's going toward how cheaply, how efficient can we, how many videos can we make? And you guys were, I mean. Quality over quantity. Quality, yeah. yeah. And, and still finding a way to relate to your audience. And that content, I mean, if we would emulate Pop Sugar and we put Eli in front of a, in a kitchen and no one would watch, but. And that wouldn't work for us, but for your audience, it really worked. Or and that's was that a pop sugar thing or a you and your producer Nicole thing? Like because I, shout out Nicole, She's shout awesome. out Nicole, awesome, awesome producer mm-hmm. and French, cool. Um, but I feel like was that like a top down thing? Pop sugar's like this is how we want our videos to look, or was it you guys being scrappy with whatever you had? And you're like, no, this is how we're gonna shoot our food videos. Yeah, so much of it was Nicole and I, and just knowing where we wanted to take the video. For us, it just worked better if we did the pre production. Mm-hmm. Um, just for us, we needed to know where we were going and where we wanted to get to. In order to do that, we just had to do certain uh, pre-production things. I mean, even just optimizing content and knowing our audience for every platform and knowing who's looking for our videos on Pinterest and what day versus our Facebook mom, you know, because moms is such a huge demographic for, for us on Facebook. Um, and, and even choosing the thumbnails and taking those photos ahead of time and knowing what shot we want to get and being efficient. And, and that's what's really taught me how to be, I think, a better host is having that producer mindset and, and knowing how to anticipate certain things that I want to get on camera. So resources kind of dictated that, too, just because you're there's this company that seemingly can fund like you only have enough time in the day for a recipe, mm-hmm. two recipes, three recipes. So your production skills kind of And I doubt it was format. three recipes at that quality. I mean, we, you guys were doing, how many How many recipes could you do in a day? They did three. It was crazy. Sometimes we, we would do more. I mean, and, all would, and all, all would flight, all would go forward, like two post-production and launch yeah. at some oh, time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so, mm-hmm. It was bananas, I, Okay, I didn't, yeah. didn't realize, because that, that actually changes my mindset because when you have the quality of that level and the production of that quality, uh, I mean, doing, I mean, we, we on average, when we do recipe shoots, not sans personality, we'll do two a day. Mm-hmm. And that we're n- not the same amount of components that, mm-hmm. that those pop sugar videos. And had. it's tiring. I mean, and I think you guys did get down to a point where three or four, but we were there for like, so 10 hour days, yeah. 12 hours. You guys were there before we showed up and like all the pre and the prep and all that in the post. We were there for long, long hours. And you know what's interesting is I remember in college hearing all these motivational speakers and going to career days and thinking I could never have a job that's nine to five. Like that just felt like so long. <laughs> I wouldn't want to sit there. And as you guys know, now that I'm doing what I love, I mean, you always work at least 12 hour days, yep. at least, and you love it. And you know, you, you never stop working. And, and I think that's something to be said about when you find a career that you can't get enough of. That's so funny. Like uh, everyone- Do you remember that? that? Everyone remembers that. Like, oh, oh growing up, like, I don't wanna work nine to five. Now I work fucking seven Six. to seven, like there's <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours a day. Like people yeah. have the wrong idea of what like entrepreneurship it is. Especially you as an entrepreneur, absolutely. Just, but, but there's so many, Again, I think I use the word entrepreneur very loosely just mm-hmm. in terms of anyone kind of just going after what they want to go after. I mean, you are an entrepreneur just as much mm-hmm. as I, right? Like you have, you work different gigs, which I want to get into too. I said, I, th- I think we painted the pop sugar days. Mm-hmm. We think we did that good. You grew a, an awesome platform theoretically from nothing. Like 
that was impressive, very important part of food in the digital arena. I think you guys held it down for that. Now you left Pop Sugar. I mean, this is a while ago. You left Pop Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, how scary was that? Because that goes from you having this seemingly steady ability to go to work best job in the world right yeah i have a steady gig especially for someone as an on-camera host a year contract i get to create i'm my own producer i think there comes a time when you have to know when you're ready you know it's about taking the big risk for the big reward and it was time it was time for me to grow and expand and pursue doing more on-camera work Three years into my relationship with Pop Sugar, I had started doing work for Today Show as a Today Tastemaker. And there was a point where I was flying to New York a couple times a month. And that was so exciting to be able to use everything that I'd done at Pop Sugar and be this on-camera host and lifestyle expert. And then I started being a judge for Guy's Grocery Games. And I did a show called Unique Sweets. So all of that was kind of me like testing the waters, wondering if I was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And a lot of it was being, yeah, feeling financially ready and also feeling like I had the expertise in myself and confidence in myself to pursue that. So when you jumped, was it you had enough gigs on the side ready to go and you were like, all right, cool, I'm on the Today Show enough. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good buds with Guy Fieri at this point. <laughs> My resume is pretty stacked. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Like, yeah. all right, Pop Sugar, deuces. You like, know what, so what, what's what funny for all the moms listening, um, just to give like a personal picture, I was so nervous that being a mom was really going to slow down my career and I have never had a more successful year than you know the year I was pregnant was my most successful year and I mean success as in money but also opportunity and then when I had my daughter Millie it was you know it grew even more so those brand deals flooded wide open (laughs) oh we got Brandy and Malloy the TV personality with a beautiful mixed baby (laughs) ethnically ambiguous just like your mom what ethnicities make make up Brandy Andy Malloy. My mom's Filipino and my dad's Irish. That's what's up. Yeah. Happy. Happy. So depending on the makeup, I can, you know, I can be a Pacific Islander. I can be Latina, Asian. Yeah. Add some hoops. I'm Jenny from the block. <laughs> as you oh as God. you were traversing the various gigs like Today Show, Grocery Games, what were the differences in... The TV productions versus yeah. the digital productions. Because we looked at Pop Sugar like a TV production. And maybe they are similar. Cause, and Eli and Rudy and a couple people at Food Beast have been involved with TV-specific productions. And, and they know the difference. But I'm curious if you could explain to, to our audience about what you see as the difference in production, the difference in scheduling, how it shifts your lifestyle one way or the other. And... From making YouTube to TV, what's the difference? Yeah, like, what's the difference? TV takes so long. Live TV and or... Well, live, no. I mean, (laughs) live is awesome. Talk about about the different beasts, because I think that's really interesting. Because today's show's got to be different than guys. Mm -hmm. That's got to be different than Pop Sugar. Yeah, I mean, today's show, when I go there, it's live. So I show up for a rehearsal the day before. They have an entire culinary team. We go over the beats. Uh, they map out everything as far as the recipe, the dishware, the talking points, and then the day of, you really just fly. I mean, it's you awesome. just do it. Yeah, it's great, and, and I'm lucky that I have a relationship with all the hosts there, so we can really have fun on camera, and that's it. You're done. It's great. 
And how much? So how much? Give me the door-to-door time of you're traveling to New York. You're doing rehearsal for how much TV time? Yeah. Like, I mean, if I'm lucky, it's three and a half minutes. Damn. And wow, I, that's you know, crazy. And you spend hours. First of all, you have to pitch the idea. Or now that I'm part of the family, a lot of times they'll say, hey, this is a theme we're working on. Do you have a recipe for this? Or can we work together on creating something? So first we have to get through that hurdle of creating a recipe and deciding on a recipe but it has happened before where the night before they change things up and luckily you know i'm flexible and i'm like up for anything you know down for the change uh but i mean it could be a couple weeks that you're working on something going back and forth and i've done lifestyle segments for them as well where you're talking about products and there's swaps and so forth so it's so much work for like three minutes and sometimes someone's interview goes over a little too long and you're like, oh my God, no, please let me get my two minutes in now. <laughs> TV is such a beast, man. I was on uh, Gordon Ramsay's show. It's going to sound way cooler than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> he has his new show. It's like 24 hours to hell and back wherever where he like redoes a restaurant entirely in 24 hours. So they called me up and were like, hey, we need... You're not a judge or anything. There's no judges on this show, but we want you to just come by as like the food beast and and tell us like what you think of the restaurant. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, I'm, this sounds awesome. I fucking love Gordon <laughs> and Ramsay. And how long were you there? Oh my god, I showed up at like 7 a.m. and I wasn't filming until about 3:30 in the afternoon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my I didn't leave that set until about 6 or 7 p.m. And I was on screen in the televised segment for maybe three seconds. Oh, my God. Maybe three seconds. You know what line they used? Damn, the slider's blown. <laughs> Signed off. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, not that. Just that's just to show, like, the gravity mm-hmm. of what goes into making these productions. Side note, have you met Gordon Ramsay? Yes. How intense and cool. Like He was awesome. He's he is, incredible. He's the coolest customer that I've ever had the chance to walk around that was also getting constantly mobbed. Oh. Oh, you so like, restaurant with him? So we, I was at a food festival in Vegas where it was his event at his restaurant at Caesars. And people just paid 450 bucks to basically eat a meal of his. Uh-huh. Right? And this whole restaurant sold out. Big major food festival. And he, and I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm assuming it's contracted, but he just starts walking around the restaurant and shaking everybody's hands. Oh, wow. And oh, once bro. he starts awesome. doing that, people start losing their shit because they, <laughs> they, they thought it would just be like, oh, like Gordon's over there and I'm at one of his tables and I'm eating a meal by him. That's fucking awesome. That's $500, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. And then he goes around table wow. by table, shaking hands and and I see no name chefs food. not doing Is, that. Izzy's inter- in- Izzy, our producer for the ketchup, he's interviewed the man multiple times where articles go viral because of his name. That guy has a presence. That's awesome. And he know. I mean, I can't imagine. I've like helped someone run a pop up, and like just going table to table and dropping food is a thing. And then trying to remember people's names is a thing. And giving them a moment. I mean, actually asking them a question and letting them respond. I mean, that takes time and being energy. present is an wow. incredible talent yeah. that he possesses. Like, so there's 
again, on this show, there had to have been a crew of at least 200 people, like outside shutting down city blocks mm-hmm. to be able to shoot this. And not only is he an actor, a producer, he's there and present to the point where in a restaurant with hundreds of people going in and out, he can go straight to me who he's never met before. And he goes, Eli, big fan of your blog. That's so awesome. And like, how did you like the food? How did you do that? Like, I was like, holy cow. That's how I feel about Guy Fieri. You know, I've always looked up to him. Um, When Triple D came out, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I always said, oh my God, I want that show. I want to do just, you know, exactly what he's doing. And I've always loved him. And anytime I've interviewed celebrity chefs, you know, you always get mixed reviews. And so when I finally met him in person, he exceeded my expectations and more. I mean, he has guys that have been with him for 10 plus years. He treats his crew amazingly. Um, and every time I'm a judge for him, he gives us a pep talk and reminds us why we're there. We're there because these people have left their restaurants, left their homes to try to win money on his show and be a part of this experience. And it's not about us. It's not about if you have issues with onions or, you know, you want to like promote something you have going on. It's about these people, these middle American, amazing, talented people. And he says it every time. And he's like, if you're going to give feedback as a judge, I want you to give a solution. And he does things all the time where, you know, the time timer will start or, or before the timer starts he'll you know tell someone to start shopping I mean he's all about the person and the contestant and and giving people at home that experience and I think that's why he's he is so successful but I also you know just had that same experience with him it's like when you're at that level you don't have to go the extra mile to right. make someone feel like they're there and appreciated, and, and he definitely does. Yeah, I'd like to not take these kind of people for granted because it's because so, mm-hmm. there's, there's very so, rare. There's so many C level, D level, like influencers and chefs that just don't treat people that way. Yet there's some like if Gordon Ramsay didn't say anything to me to that day, like I, I wouldn't have expected any different. Mm-hmm. Like you have a lot of stuff going on. Right. Even if you weren't at this show, there are 30 restaurants <laughs> that need to run. Like I don't, I'm, I'm totally fine. If you didn't say anything yet. He does it. Mm-hmm. Like no one was looking. No one was like that. There was no cameras around. He just does that there that like I could have not shown up that day. That show would have probably been more successful. Like it's insane. The level, like it's cool to hear that guy Fieri is actually that dude. That's well, really cool because I look like we make fun of him all the time, but he's also like that dude. I've been to his restaurants on cruise ships oh, and so they're run awesome. impeccably. Mm-hmm. Like everyone seems to enjoy their job. They they embody themselves. And that's like a hard thing to instill culture wise at restaurants that have more than one or two locations. Yeah. And I think here's the thing about Guy is you can tell the heart is so big and then at the same time. He doesn't give yeah. an F about his critics. <laughs> yeah. So when the fires are going on in California, mm-hmm. he's feeding firefighters, right? Mm-hmm. And when he's at an appearance at a food festival, he'll throw frozen dinners into a crowd. <laughs> and he'll put trash can nachos on his menu. So it's this... I'm, I'm really glad to hear that from you, Brandy, because we have so much respect for Guy. And, you know, he... He's a meme and <laughs> he is a meme. He literally is a meme and 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 I think a lot of the food world doesn't necessarily always respect what he does because of the personality he is. But at Food Beast, we are we are big fans. One, mm-hmm. his food his food does well for us. When we cover his restaurant stuff, mm-hmm. it's casual enough for 
the everyday American, but also really engaging from like a food porn perspective. And, and, th- and that's one of the reasons why his content does well. But he sits down with us. He just talked to us recently in an interview. Like we like the guy mm-hmm. and that heart to me is more important than being the coolest guy on television. Yeah, and I think I relate to his story in that sense on so many levels because I'm a girl and I love to dress up and, you know, sometimes, especially as a mom, now I'm like, okay, I got to bring it. Like, I'm a mom now. I need to freaking, like, look hot. <laughs> like, I, and, um, and I do feel like, you know, he's he gets judged a lot by how he looks um, instead of the content of his character and how he is as as a person. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope that... Um, people can say the same for me as my career grows, that I treat everyone with respect and I'm helpful and encouraging to others. Do you ever want to do, do you ever want to like open a restaurant? Like using the Brandy Malloy brand? and, and The amazing brand? Yeah, the amazing brand. We'll talk about the amazing brand. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some thoughts. We have a lot to talk about. I, I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. But yeah, I'm curious. You know, I live in El Segundo, California. It's an awesome beach town, and I am obsessed with it. We're right by Manhattan Beach. It's the South Bay, and I always said, you know, I'd open like a little a breakfast spot um, or like a local market. I definitely think that that could be in our future. Okay. Ooh, that's a, that's a strong could yeah. be. <laughs> like, that was be. that was not the first time or the second time <laughs> or the third time that that's crossed her mind. Is it going to be called the Amazing Brunch Spot? <laughs> I don't know. You know, if you follow me on Instagram, I have breakfast every morning and my husband typically makes it like we love bacon and eggs and sausage in our house and you know I'll never eat oatmeal for breakfast I mean I just love food so I do feel like it would have like a breakfast thing happening we'll see okay and I don't know. Now that I'm a mom, I'm like, okay, wherever I open, if I open somewhere, I'm definitely going to have curbside service. Because when your kid is sleeping in the back and all you want is food, like I can only go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru so many times and order on the app ahead of time, but then still wait in line. So uh, yeah, whatever I do, I'll definitely make it easy for moms to not have to get out of their car. (laughs) But Before we go on, I I wanted to bring something back because I think it's actually really important. And I... uh, before we talked about the restaurant, we were talking about Guy, and you said something that's really poignant to me. You said he's often judged for his looks. Mm-hmm. How often does that happen to you? And how much do you have to push through the trolling or the negative BS or producers or anything like that because of who you are and what you do? I mean, it happens for everyone. I, you know, something that I skipped when I was talking about my backstory is I did a couple pageants um, to pay for college. A friend of mine was doing pageantry, and she explained to me how you could win scholarship money. So that's kind of when I got a little girly compared to like the little ugly duckling I once was with my back brace braces and glasses. Uh, what does but, that look like? Is it like Doc Ock from like Spider Man with like? Oh my what? god! It went all the way up to like my C four or something, so it was pretty high up, and you know oh. people would knock on my back and run, oh. and I had to wear like special tank tops underneath. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But my mobility was good. And I still played sports. So, um, and I'm and I'm great now. Uh, but I mean it happened it happens all the time. I mean I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I like to surprise people cuz I've heard people say, "Oh my god, I didn't know you're going to be so nice." Or, "Wow, like you have a lot to say." And um, but there is something about being on camera uh, 
being camera friendly and, and going there and knowing that you have a job and you, but I always want to be relatable. And what I've loved as a mom is being able to share that layer of me because that's really allowed me to, I feel like relate to more people. People see a lot of the success, but like how challenging, just to piggyback on what Jeff's talking about, like how, how hard is it to get a show picked up? Like what are, what are the challenges that people don't realize goes into doing a show like people like oh you did you did pop sugar for so long Mm -hmm. of course you have a show now like and and let me add on to that question like what are the projects that no one has seen or what are the things what are are the obstacles that when people see you on the today show don't think about i mean you mentioned the medical issues and the taunting and the bullying which is like gonna make me tear up right now (laughs) but in regards to the the media side Mm -hmm. of yeah, what are the things that people aren't seeing and the obstacles that... I that mean, there's been so many jobs that I didn't get. And, and But I think a lot of a lesson behind a lot of those jobs is sometimes I didn't get them just because they were looking for a guy. I can't change who I am. I mean, or they were looking for a specific person. Um, I dealt with a lot of insecurity with the fact that I'm an at-home cook because mm. I have no... In, I mean... I love to learn and there is a part of me, you know, if I had some extra time, would love to go to culinary school just to learn that side of it. But in my head, I'm such a journalist first that I would love to learn from the chefs. And like my goal was never to have a a stirring cooking on camera show. You know, like I have my own food show. My goal was always to be a journalist and to meet people and learn stories. And so there has been times where, you know, they're looking for a specific person that has that background and that wasn't me. But so much of it is knowing who you are and what you want to do. And again, majoring in journalism, working in local news, being an intern, um, doing the behind the scenes work. But yeah, there's so many things that I filmed that you never even see air or meetings you go to. Or you make it to the final round and it just doesn't work out. Um, Eat the Trend we took to television and it was called Eat This Now. And it, it was a one time special. It ran uh, several times, but it didn't get picked up. And one thing I've learned through working with networks is a lot of times things don't get picked up, not because they're not amazing quality work, like Eat This Now was. So much of it is there wasn't space. There wasn't a time slot for it. It didn't match the demographic. There wasn't, um, maybe it wasn't uh, as sellable for sales and marketing and advertisers and things that are so beyond me and me being this on-camera personality that you just have to let it go. Why does Let's Eat, your new show, Mm -hmm. work now versus the trend show that was pitched a while ago while you were at Pop Sugar because mm-hmm. we're talking about this they're not the same show by any means right. but the the ethos of eating trendy food is similar s- seems yeah. to work yeah. Yeah. but they're the, but they're very similar so why why now you know what i love i always say that i'm better as a co-host like mm. i loved eat this now cuz i got to be by myself and interview all these chefs but when me Jamaica and Stuart first did that pilot together we felt something I mean there was such this incredible dynamic and I love that we are really friends in real life so much of it was just the stars aligning and I love that we get to play off each other and each of us make a recipe and then we have either a guest come on or we feature a place Um, I think so much of it was just timing and just that chemistry being there and having three people to relate to and hang out with is that also something where TV's catching up and they're seeing what's happening in digital and they're seeing the success of the pop sugar stuff and the, and even if a network didn't want eat the trend then 
they're not going to miss the next opportunity with you and a, and a food trend show. <laughs> you know, that'd be now. nice. I'd like to think that. <laughs> so what, where did the new show uh, come from? So like the idea of it, like, was it like, oh, I have this show I tried to do and I did mm-hmm. it now. Or was it like, hey, we some executive was like, I like Brandy and I like your co-hosts. I think they work together. I'm curious. I think people are gonna be like, how do you even have a show? How, do you, how does that come about? I'm not quite sure because, you know, Eat This Now, Nicole and I developed with Linguini Pictures, which is Giada De Laurentiis' production company and Pop Sugar. And so we were part of the development stage to fruition to seeing it air and everything in between. And with Let's Eat, it was an opportunity that that Food Network had. And so myself and Jamaica and Stewart interviewed and auditioned for this opportunity. I mean, I've been a part of the family for a while. And so we've been talking about, I've been pitching shows nonstop, you know, creating decks. You meet people and you're trying and, you know, the door gets shut. And and this was just one of those opportunities that the stars aligned and we all came together to work on it. Now, keep in mind, I mean, all the production side and the pre-production was all of us. I created over 30 original recipes for this show. Wow. I was part of all of the pre-production, how each episode would look and feel. And that's important to me because it's, you know, it really says that we got to put all of our heart into this show. We didn't just show up as a talking head and just see what happens. Tell me about the your life as the freelance personality mm-hmm. post pop sugar because that's what i don't think people also understand is that like you have a show mm-hmm. and you're promoting that show but the stars had to align for that show to happen and there's mm-hmm. no promise of anything other than the episodes greenlit for that show so in the meantime i'm assuming there's 12 other ideas that you're working on mm-hmm. in the background While taking meetings and gets a second one i mean Actor, a lot of my friends that are uh, actors and hosts, the most interesting time to hang out with them is in the in between mm-hmm. when they just wrapped a season and then they take a couple of days to unwind. They might do a very little bit of traveling if that's a luxury that's allowed to them. Mm-hmm. And then they're in limbo. Yeah. In purgatory. And just, wait, of and sorts. just waiting. Oh, Millie just hit her head. Oh, oh Millie. Millie. Oh. tough girl you're a tough girl but millie been millie been great yo millie's been great and she's also been at work and for the people that weren't really <laughs> people who are obviously not here in studio brandy breastfed for like 15 <laughs> minutes <laughs> like, that was just that was just that was just casually happening throughout our episode which was it's yeah. like when I want my husband to leave me alone and Millie to go to bed, I just put him down with the one-two punch. I mean, my body is no longer mine. Young or old, it works for all. Holy cow. Oh, well, Brandon, tell me, tell me what it's like because, mm-hmm. again, that... You know, there's that quote, uh, "Good luck is when opportunity meets hard work or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to be said about putting in the work and putting in the time to get to where you want to go. And yeah, there is a lot of in-between because this show, you know, it's the first season. It's not like I'm, you know, making, you know, I've hit it big and, and everything's done. I mean, I'm barely there and I, 
Mills, you okay? <laughs> well, that's um, interesting that you say that you're barely there because I think that's not the perception. Okay. I would imagine. Uh, and I think what's interesting enough is that Eli and I, all, I think, also get that. Mm -hmm. Is great. Food Beast is awesome. I'm glad you're set. Cool. Mm -hmm. But there's work to do. I think if you stop growing and challenging yourself and setting new goals, short term and long term, you're dead inside. I really totally. think that. And I mean, how boring would it be if I was just satisfied with where I am right now? I mean, I have so many personal and professional goals that I continue to strive for. And, um, and a lot of those change and shift as we evolve. And now as I'm a mom and a wife. Uh, so yeah, this is just the beginning. Every day should be like a day one mentality. Right. Because, I mean, the fact that you think that, we think that, people are like, oh, you made it. We didn't make it. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day... If you don't work just as hard as the day one, like it all goes away. Like, Especially now because you need to continue to stay relevant. Mm. And I always look at myself like a consumer too. You know, I'm always putting myself in the shoes of my viewers or the audience and challenging myself to how can I continue to grow or how can I continue to be more relatable. And I'm sure that's what you guys do because your audience continues to shift and people continue to... Um, you guys have layered in so much more into your business. What I would love to see is, and correct me if, I, if I'm missing someone significant, but a female travel show host. Yes. That's, why that is, is on that the vision so, board. Why, I'm, like, why is that so underrepresented? Like, I'm thinking of like people I like to watch on TV. I think Bourdain, right? Rest in peace. Guy Fieri mm -hmm. has a travel show. Mm -hmm. Why why haven't we seen it? I feel like you that'd be up your alley in terms of stuff that you would want Absolutely. to achieve. Like yeah. why is that though? Do you I mean I mean isn't that just because you're you're fighting in general for more screen time, for more for mm -hmm. more female presence? Like it's an uphill battle already. Sure. And like I mean, Brandy, you have my vote. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's someone where where I can see that as being a show. And again, it could be a number. There are a number of personalities that I can see as a show. Mm -hmm. But I I think that's a that's a stark gap of yeah. You have the Marcus Samuelson PBS show. You have Eddie. You have Action. You had Bourdain. You have all these guys, and they're and it's great content. But. I've kind of hit my cap with dude travel shows. Yeah, I'll be honest totally. With you. Right. Like, do you remember Wild On with Brooke Burke? I do remember Wild On with Brooke Burke. So I had her, um, Guy Fieri, and then Anthony Bourdain on my vision board. And just a mix of that because I so deeply love the culture side of it too, which Bourdain obviously did amazingly. And I did this mission trip to Uganda and I had the best spaghetti I've ever had. Even better than Scott Conan, who's a friend of mine. And there's something to be said about that. And I love culture and people and travel. And so absolutely, that's something that I would love to do. And I think it's just a matter of time. But so much of it isn't about those opportunities. It's about sales and ads and yeah. all the behind the scenes that we don't see when people are trying to sell a show and make it marketable and can bring money into the network. Yeah, I mean, I would love, I, I'm seeing a lot of female presence on digital-based travel food things. Like, here's something crazy you should see. I don't think, and we're not doing 
we're not at we're we're kind of adding fuel to that fire not the best way but like when i see people in these that could be travel-based food shows digitally the women aren't talking Mm -hmm. they're smiling and like holding food up in a boomerang fashion and Mm -hmm. not telling me anything deeper about the food and like damn this was the platform for you to turn off the subtitles and say something Mm -hmm. and again i'm not championing that food beast is doing that just yet but it's definitely on our radar and like trying to tell these better stories digitally and Uh, expand our perspective because that's just something to me hits home as one of the leaders in this company is to constantly change our view and it's when those views change there's also new opportunities and we've so we have uh and izzy our producer is is one of them but we have a couple mexican american uh staffers here at food beast and none of the founders are hispanic Mm -hmm. and we started covering some of these things like donas and the horchateria and the amount of sentiment Mm -hmm. from this mexican-american audience that's just waiting for their contemporary new food stories to be told that are still based in authenticity that are available obviously because of a huge latino population in california eli and i would have never said we're going toward Chicano content. We're mm-hmm. going toward Latino content on our own because we know nothing of it. But with that horizon, we can't wait to tell more of those stories. One, because they're engaging, but two, because they're, br- I mean, a lot of it's brand new for us. And so that gets us re energized about things that we don't know. And so I, that's I re- the power of the position you guys are in. And that's what's so cool is being able to be those journalists and share those stories and pick and choose what you want to feature. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in in all honesty, people were we're in that position and then trying to figure out how to properly equip people to tell these stories. Yeah, well, I, w- I was just going to point out, um, you know, I said earlier, I'm half Filipino, half Irish, but I'm the only person in my immediate family that's been to the Philippines And my mom was born and raised in Texas. And so a lot of people will message me asking, why don't you do more Filipino dishes? And I'm very honest. I grew up eating meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. So I only know a couple Filipino dishes. And some of them are so, you know, different than the authentic dish. You know, like I make adobo in a crock pot sometimes. Like, why not? So uh, that's another thing that I'm also wanting to explore because people that are either a Pacific Islander or Filipino so badly want me to be that person. And, you know, I never want to be someone that I'm not. You know, I love steak and potatoes, and I've just recently discovered my love for Asian cuisine, really. So uh, I think it's hard, too, because like we're in such a PC, be safe culture mm-hmm. also. So... I kind of feel I, I relate to you on that. Like I'm I'm Lebanese, so mm-hmm. but people are like yo, get, well, what are some crazy Lebanese dishes? Like I know what my mom made me, mm-hmm. but like I also couldn't feel in full confidence. Like I can't tell you how to make anything. I can't tell you where stuff came from. Like I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Orange County, California. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I what I'd love for just people out there that are content creators or thinking about telling stories like. I don't want people to be afraid because they're maybe not of that culture 
to just be curious about wanting to explore. Because mm-hmm. and at, for, on the media end, people are quick to jump and pounce on people. I mean, we do it when we think people, when cultures are misrepresented. So there's this balance of like, do some due diligence, but at the same time, I, I, I do want a culture of people that are like open to looking at other cultures. Because I think as open as we are, we're also the most PC I've ever witnessed recently, like just in general. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good place to be and a scary place for content creators where it's like, damn, am I allowed to talk about this at all? Like, is it okay that I don't know that much? I think if you can acknowledge and just be honest, that's that's the best foot forward you can be. But I, I'm just I'm trying to in my head wrap my head around why we don't see certain things on TV, why we don't see certain things in digital. Well, a big part of that is advertising and funding. Totally, totally. <laughs> and I think and you you've alluded to it a couple of times, and and that's something that even us, Eli and Jeff like have to think about in some sense, you know, we've had big ad deals pulled for brand safety because of something we, and, and those, and that's for a very small company. Right. So we we don't do the same volume or level of deals of a major corporation, uh, you know, major TV network, et cetera. And I think that's, you know, that's the underlying, I think everyone is, looking at the nfl and the and our presidency mm. and the things that are happening and everyone's like everyone's scared You're and right. and that's i think what's causing everyone to freeze i think for food beast and what we do like we're gonna continue to push boundaries because we don't have we don't have any option like mm. we didn't create our company to be to be stale mm-hmm. we would have never made it mm-hmm. and so as much as we're gonna be like cut our losses as it relates to the brands that don't make sense because they don't like some of the content we do. Like, I mean, that's, I think why I'm so proud of you, Eli, and the things that come out of our editorial department, because at the very least, we're not going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. We we're going to make mistakes and sometimes we're going to have to apologize for those mistakes. But if we don't innovate, we're also not going to be around. And I think that's something where it's taken so long for us to be in a position where we have the ability to put Brandy on screen for us. Mm-hmm. And we can we can do that. Like that's our choice to do so. Mm-hmm. That if we don't innovate, then we're just going to we're just going to not have that power. We're not going to be able to dictate our part of the conversation at all. Brandy, you know the best video I've seen of you? What's that? The best video? I think it's it's the how to eat a chicken wing like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the first that's talent. Cl- yeah, you, that's we Jeff and I have been on the Pop Sugar channel with you, but that was the one video that you or one of the few videos that you did with us for the YouTube when when food when Foobies was cracking on YouTube. Um, but it well, I thought Rest that was so peace. cool. What? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, whatever. Uh, why I thought that video was so cool is after meeting you, that video I feel is more representative of who you are as a person. This person that like has knowledge of of food and eating and eating. Well, it and just like, has fun, right? I, yeah, and I, I think it's like, and that's what was something that we didn't really get to see Brandy Malloy 
behind the scenes when you're being Pop Sugar Brandy Malloy. I mean, one of the best compliments I've ever received was from a a guy friend telling me I'm the weirdest girl he's ever met. Like, I love (laughs) that he said that. And, you know, it's such a bummer that sometimes I have to play this fine line of, of making sure people know I have a perspective and a point of view and intelligence on this subject, but I also want to show my feminine side and be silly or sexy or funny. And and it's tricky when you're a female, you know. I, yeah, yeah. Mills Millie is knows tricky. it's tricky. Millie knows Millie, it's you tricky. You get it. No, Mills it's is wearing blue, and everyone's always like, "Oh, he's so cute." Like it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to be honest, if there were, if there was a travel show that took you and Millie. Yo, I'm in. Because yeah. because I'm curious. Like that's Yo, breastfeed at a waffle there, house. Yo, there are there so are much. well and there are millions of moms in this world that have ne- like that you're just not represented on mm-hmm. TV. And I think that's something that's I don't know. Well, cuz the baby if doesn't CNN show up is on listening screen. right now. Yes. Brandy and Millie travel show, like I'm into that. You know, we're going on a trip tomorrow. We're going to be on 5 days and um I was telling my girlfriend that I've already packed for the trip and we're sharing a carry-on, Millie and I. And I've traveled with her by myself before and she could not believe it. And so I showed her on camera like, "Well, this is what I brought. This is all she needs." And I think even that just showing that, you know, we we continue to travel and I refuse to check a bag just like I didn't before when I <laughs> didn't have kids. And like, what do they need? They need diapers and like, you know, an outfit. So, um, yeah, I would love to. That would be awesome just to show Millie and I and could we talk about how hard it is for what you like when we shot that video, we had shot these straight lace host videos at Pop Sugar back in the day mm-hmm. where uh, you were showing the your audience how to cook something. And then we shot this like after hours video for Food Beast mm-hmm. of you eating this chicken wing. And I, I, I remember it was one of those things where we had to kind of get it approved by some people potentially just because it was so not the brandy yeah. that people knew it's pretty that, evocative yeah it's, it was provocative it's a video it where provo- brandy's eating a chicken wing Ev- but it is provocative I, I, too what, is ev- what does evocative mean it makes you think i feel like it's the pg yeah pg version of provocative, provocative. <laughs> oh evocative is nice i'm gonna start using that i don't know how many points that is in scrabble but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you, do you run into that right now? I know Food Network has its own standards. Um, oh my gosh, my best line in episode one got cut. Jamika was making this amazing steak and talking about how it's just the best like date dish to make when you have someone over because you're like buttering the steak and there's something sexy about an amazing cast iron, delicious, tender steak. And I was just like, oh, that's definitely going to get you second base. (laughs) It is, though. It is. Like, Mr. A made me a steak on the second date. And, like, I was begging, like, please kiss me. Like, just push me against the wall and kiss me already. And, yeah, it got cut. But it's like, come on. I said second base. Like, really? I don't know what second base is. That's making out, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's making out. So you can't make out on Food Network? It's like dry humping. (laughs) Okay, did you say dry humping? Is that what they cut out? I can see that. It's like making out. No, I didn't say (laughs) that. But but, yeah, I mean, hey, I just got to be me and maybe next time just make all of the words rumble together so that they can't find that space to edit out. Just kind of... Look at you. Squeeze it in there. (laughs) But yes, it happens all the time. And... uh, yeah, there is a fine line between 
reaching the masses, which for us is Middle America, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. I know my demographic, even before I was a mom, was definitely moms because we're doing, you know, easy, delicious recipes. But you also have to stay true to yourself. And that is a side of me that I do like when people, you know, get to know me and see because I think it just shows that I'm not just this on-camera host that says everything right and makes these delicious dishes, but I'm a real person, I'm a mom, I'm relatable. It's, it's tricky. I'm a kind of a newlywed. We've been married two years, apparently, like it's over, but I'm still, I'm still in love with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the younger female or male that's trying to navigate what being an on-camera personality is now. What's your what's your advice for them as it relates to uh, an essential part of the process to get there? My biggest advice is start creating now. You know, if I would have been given this advice 10 years before I moved to LA, I would have started an online blog immediately and just created it for me. I have a blog right now and so much of the content is just for me. It's just what I want to write and what I want to create. And I think too much of these goals that people have is trying to think of the end game instead of just being in the present and doing what you want. Millie's making a lot of noise with the trash (laughs) she found on the floor. Can mama have that? Huh, baby? Um, But that's number one, and that you are not better than hard work, and no opportunity is too small. You know, Today's Show found me because I was doing a ton of KTLA local segments. They didn't Mm. find me because they saw these beautifully produced uh, segments from Pop Sugar. They saw that I know how to host Uh, and be a guest on live television and they saw the work that I was doing there. So there's something to be said about these unpaid opportunities where you're waking up early and, you know, covering the cost of ingredients and doing it on the side and staying up late. And, uh, you know, good things don't happen from just sitting around. You have to put in the work and so much of it is work. And stay in school. I was telling Eli this. I loved college so much, not just the social side of it, but there is something to be said about the skills you learn going to school and having that degree in your back pocket. So go to school, get those internships and just start creating what you want. And every year I have a reset with myself and create a vision board and really see where my career is going, where my brand is headed, the power of saying no. I say no to so many one-off sponsored things or or opportunities that don't really align with they don't align yeah. with who I am and and or maybe they might prevent me from working with my dream brand or company and and you have to say no and yeah. and a lot of that is not is is always I don't know be, being in touch with where you want to go. I'm just having so much fun with Millie. That's really poignant because you do a great job of curating your personal brand. And I think whether people listening want to be, they want to find their footing in social media. They mm-hmm. might not want to be on TV, but they're, they might have a cool pop in Instagram account or trying to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun watching people like they had an Instagram account. It was their own personal Instagram account. It grew for whatever reason because maybe people fell in love with their personality. And now they're like, what is my next step? Uh-huh. Like they might they <laughs> might just be in school and trying to figure out next steps. So I think a lot of people look up to you in that capacity where like, holy cow, like 
people may not know what started for you. Like mm-hmm. they didn't know that you want to be a journalist first. So you weren't, you didn't create an Instagram account to be an Instagram right. personality. No. You wanted to be a journalist. This is just one of your outlets. Yeah, and I did hard news uh, for a couple years. I was um, on the front lines of a lot of the immigration stuff that was going on in Arizona, where I'm from. Uh, I covered a lot of hard news. And yeah, I think when it comes to doing anything on camera, it's really you have to be back to basics and think about what your purpose is first as a host. You're a messenger, you're a storyteller, and and that's what I really strive to do every day. Rank your top five Food Network personalities. <gasps> I don't care why they make that list, but please explain Please explain why they made that list. I just, I'm curious. Guy you know Fieri, for number sure. One, is he number, oh, it, is that order? Uh, you can rank them if you want. She's gonna get so much trouble Woo! if she ranks them. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna say Guy Fieri number Damn, one. Damn, number one, guy is number and one. And I, I felt that way for so long, and then when I did get to work with him, it, you know, again, great. Uh, number two, Scott Konitz. So he's a chef on Chopped. He actually is who introduced me to my manager, mm. and he's one of those guys that. You know, there's a lot of people in the industry that say, oh, I'm going to help you and I'm going to, you know, forward your resume and, you know, they never do. do And he really did. He was like, kid, I think you have something. And like, why don't you at least let me set up a call for you? And he has been a mentor in some ways to me. And and that's awesome and, and rare in this in this world. I love Reed Drummond, pioneer woman. Yep. Uh, I liked her before she had a show on TV and I could watch her like all day long. Uh, you got two spots left. You got two spots left. Two spots. What do you? So how did <laughs> did you know your co-hosts? I did, but we weren't as close as we are now. Yeah. Um, Jamika and I had judged before together. Who, who are your co-hosts? So Jamika Pessoa, she is a chef, and then Stuart O'Keefe, and they're both they're both chefs. And Jamika and I had judged on shows together, and Stuart and I actually had. Oh, Bob! She she took another fall. <laughs> Oh, Millie Wilding right now. Uncle Jeff has you, baby. Come here. It's because it's nap time, which is like the best time of the day because then she goes to sleep and then mama gets to do whatever she wants. Come here. Come here. You're okay. You're Look how tough she is. Oh, you're super yeah. tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, mommy brain. What were you asking me? What were we talking about? Oh, about your co-host. Cause I oh, yes. Cause, oh, Because I don't them. know. Yeah. I One just is like, Irish. oh, there's a show with Brandy. And there's a, those two yeah. other people that I should probably know. But I don't. So educate yeah, me. Yeah, so Jamika did Food Network Star, uh, I think season five. And she's been part of the Food Network family for some time as a contributor, as a judge. She's uh, Jamaican in country. So she has oh, like oh. this perspective. Her and it's funny. Her dad was a dentist, and so she has all these funny stories about sugar and candy, and never allowed to go trick or treating. Um, and she calls Georgia and Alabama home. And then Stewart is from Ireland, but his accent isn't heavy. Where I feel like it takes you a second to be like, "Wait, where are you from?" Yeah. Um, I adore him. We both have a love for Taylor Swift, and so uh, in between takes, we would be dancing and, and shaking it off together. And yeah, he has a sweet tooth like me. It's funny because he works out all the time and then he has a sweet tooth like me and I don't work out all the time. But uh, yeah. What, what's the <laughs> format of the show so people and like what generally is the show about so you can, so people at home can. Yeah, so in. the show uh, 
is all about awesome, delicious recipes. It's called Let's Eat, and all three of us each create a recipe every episode. Oh. Last week, it was back to school, so we each created uh, awesome back to school recipes, whether it's something for your kids or something that you can just get on the dinner table uh, when you have no time. And then there is a trend angle there because there's a lot of food hybrids that we feature, but but it's a food talk show. It's it's three people hanging out in a kitchen, talking about food, learning from each other. And we do feature a lot of cool viral spots that you see on social media. So before you shoot, do you guys all go, you all create your own recipes yes. and bring them to the table. Do you guys ever not like the other person's food? <laughs> You're like, oh man. That's a really good question. Whether you said it on camera or not. You know, it's funny because, you know, I can't help my love for Funfetti and sprinkles. Right. So there was a couple of times where I think my co-hosts were like, really? You put sprinkles <laughs> on that? I'm like, just try it and shut your eyes because you'll actually be able to taste it better. I have this whole thing about foodgasms and like you really have to just <laughs> shut your eyes, shut off all the senses and just let that food talk to your mouth. Um so yeah, they probably rolled their eyes at a few things that I, I mean, listen, I love like buffalo chicken dips, and, you know, my boxer mm. dropper dip. Mm. <laughs> you know, my boxer dropper. I mean, I'll, I can even turn a vegan oh into a carnivore God. with that thing. You need to be on food beast and vice and less on food. I know. <laughs> let that, but I, let I love, I love American food. I love orange nacho cheese and marshmallows and s'mores and I, when I got my first job which was at Wendy's by the way when I got that first paycheck do you know what I did I went through the drive-through of Taco Bell and then because I was craving chicken Chick-fil-a just because I could just buy whatever I want I went and bought like fruity pebbles because my parents never let me have cereal uh but I mean, I'm like such a middle America. Like I love fast food. I love real food, which to me is that. Like Chili's was another place I worked at. Um, so yeah, that, that's Malloy the kind of food, food I like. That's, 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 what, that's what she's saying right now. Yes. You're a real one. You're a real one. Where, yeah. uh, where and when can we watch the show? So you can watch Let's Eat every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 8 central. 30 minutes, and usually I'm live on my Instagram, so you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. What's the handle for Instagram, Twitter, At Brandy Malloy. Brandy with an I, Malloy with an I. So you do a live viewing session on your Instagram live so yes. people can kind of tune in? So far, I've That's done right. it every Sunday. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm easy to find, so. My mom still, to this day, still... T- Text me pictures of you on TV. <laughs> that is so when sweet. When she's at the gym, she's like, this is a brandy. She's very good at her show. Aww. How come you don't do more like her? I'm like, mom. <laughs> Stop it. Anyways. Um, brandy, thanks for coming you on. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me ramble, ramble along with this little one on my lap. Millie, thanks for coming in. Thank you, young blood. Say thank you. Bubba's, what sound does a puppy make? I'm trying to get this fist pump action, but it's, it's close. Cool. Do it. Fist pump. Fist pump. It's <laughs> all good. I wouldn't fist bump me either. Guys, we're Eli and Jeff from The Ketchup, please please follow us wherever Food Beast is at. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, SoundCloud, all, all the details wherever podcasts are at. Le- please leave us a review. And uh, until next week. Bye, guys. Adios. <laughs>